Hazard Audio. Sports Appeal may contain explicit language. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago. Sports Appeal. This is gonna be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. everybody welcome to sports appeal i'm steve gross and i'm matt axelrod we know you guys have missed us we've been off for a little while we missed you too but we're gonna round out the year we're gonna do a show this week we'll have a best of next week to take us through the rest of 2015 we'll be back with more hot takes 2016 but for now remember you can always tweet into the show at the sports appeal all the music on the show is provided by full service they're our studio band and you can get all their stuff on itunes or spotify or their youtube channel with us as always our producer Johnny Five. And we're powered by Hazard Audio. This week's show, we got the NFL playoff picture. We got some off-season baseball stuff, but let's start with the NBA. The Golden State Warriors are red hot. Are they going to stop this? Look, the Golden State Warriors are an incredible team. They're not going to continue this winning percentage, and they're not going to finish the season with only five losses or whatever it would be. Yeah, they're going to be great, though. They are going down as an all-time great team. They're 26-1 and right now, winning percentage 963, which is unheard of, averaging 116 points per game. It seems like they don't miss shots when you watch them play. No, they don't. And, of course, that's all led by Steph Curry, who's not missing shots at all. Kid's playing incredible. He's putting up a player efficiency rating that if he finishes out the season like this, it'll be best all time. He's scoring 32 points a game, and he's doing it on 50-40-90. So that's field goal, three-point, and free-throw shooting percentages, which only a few guys have ever done that in the history of the league. He's putting together a historic year. He's exactly what the NBA needs right now. He's got the talent. He's got the work ethic. He's got the family thing going on. He's got the star power. He has everything. And he's also putting to bed one of the most persistent myths that even I was guilty of believing in, which is that teams with a point guard as their best player don't win championships. Well, here's your model right here. You just got to go get Steph Curry. Then you can do it. Yeah, he's a, a new breed of point guard. People keep talking about that. You know, he's not the Rajon Rondo type point guard where they pass all the time. Uh, he still gets a decent number of assists, but he's a score first point guard. And it's great. He might be the first guy in a long time, probably since Kobe, who has that killer instinct that you want to see from your superstars. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the assists, his assist numbers have actually gone down a bunch the last couple of years. Two years ago, he was averaging eight and a half assists a game. Last year, seven and a half. This year, six. And each year, he's gotten better and his team's gotten better. And the real reason for that is he's the guy you want shooting 90% of the time because his shots don't miss. Absolutely true. You know who else is not missing shots? Kawhi Leonard. The team in the NBA that no one's talking about because of the Golden State Warriors are the San Antonio Spurs. 23-5, and absolutely amazing record, but they're being overshadowed. This would be a great story if Golden State wasn't in the picture. Yeah, and speaking of those two teams, I actually still expect that the Spurs are going to beat the Golden State Warriors really? when they inevitably meet up in the conference finals. That would be a really fun series. I'd love to see it happen. But just for the simple fact that everyone wants to see this happen, you know it's not going to. There's going to be some disastrous injury or the team's going to go cold. Something's going to happen where we're going to get robbed of this. We always get robbed of the best matchups and it sucks. One thing about Kawhi Leonard, you were talking about how he doesn't miss. He's actually also almost putting up a 50-40-90 season. 
he is uh, two and a half percentage points away from the 90% free throw shooting. And other than that, he's there. He's shooting almost 50% from three, which is absurd. Yeah, he leads the NBA in three-point percentage, and he's taking four shots a game. So it's not like he's only taking one here and there. He's just picking his spots where he knows he can make it. He's all about efficiency. Yes, he does. And speaking of three-pointers, Johnny Five, take it from downtown with the Tweet Zone. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. All right, the return of the mighty Tweet Zone. Here it is kicking us off at the deuce. As a Rays fan, Zobrist is a nice player to have, extremely valuable, but four years at his age? Fuck no. Yeah, I was very conflicted about that signing as a Cubs fan. I think it's going to be great for the first two years and then really suck after that. Now, if they win a championship in the next two years, I don't give a fuck. But this really could end up coming back to haunt the Cubs. Now, Ben Zobers is still a very good player. And more importantly, he gets on base a lot. And we needed a leadoff hitter. So he'll fill that role for us. Now, I just do worry about that amount of money going to a guy who's going to be 37, 38 years old at the end of his contract. Could not agree with you more. I think, you know, it's a good signing for the Cubs because they do need contact hitters to go with all the power guys they have. Team full of free swingers. They've had a lot of strikeouts last year, so they needed a contact guy who gets on base, and they got that. They just way overpaid for him. I mean, that's the nature of free agency. You have to overpay if you want somebody. You're going to have to overpay by you know, 20% more than they're actually worth. But with that being said, I still think they paid way too much for this guy. He's 35 years old. He's fine. He's a good player. He's a two-time all-star. But, I mean, you're paying for him to get on base and his defensive versatility. He can play a bunch of different positions. That's it. Yeah, it, I mean, he is a very solid defensive player at pretty much every position, and he does get on base, so they got what they paid for. At Joe Braun Third wants to know, what are your thoughts on 5-7 and seven teams making a bowl game? That's how I feel about it. This is terrible. It's absolutely inexcusable. There's 40 bowl games now. There are 80 college football teams making bowl games. That's absurd. College coaches used to get fired and you'd be like, oh, he made the bowl game two years in a row. Now, who gives a shit? No one cares anymore. Five and seven and you're getting a bowl game? Come on. Yeah, it is ridiculous. There are not 80 good teams in college football. There just aren't. You watch so much bad football every Saturday. Now we got to do it again in the bowl games? Are you kidding me? They're not going to reduce the number of games because the sponsors are shelling out huge money for it. All the schools are making a lot of money on it. So it's not like they're going to reduce this at all. They should, but they're not going to. But, you know, just this past weekend, North Carolina A&T is on my TV playing a bowl game. Who the hell's North Carolina A&T? I don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. Why are the sponsors paying for this? Not getting their money's worth there. Great question, Joe Braun. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and moving right along to at the real Yost, lifetime contract between LeBron and Nike. Is LeBron a genius or an idiot? He's a genius. He's only going to be playing at an elite level for the next several years, most likely. He might go all the way till 40 playing great. I doubt it. He's probably going to taper off around 36, 37. So he's going to get $500 million. That's half a billion dollars for the next five or so years of his career he wouldn't be able to get nearly as much money after that so this makes way more sense for him than trying to do a shorter term deal and then re-up afterwards totally with you 100 on this i think this is the way these contracts are going to go now you know these huge superstars are going to sign lifetime deals for huge money and it's smart it is so smart 500 million dollars like winning the powerball five times in a row on the same day it's insane that kind of money 
Anybody who thinks he's a fool for this, because there are arguments out there. Oh, he could renegotiate every year. Oh, he could make a lot more money. No, like you said, he's going to be a superstar for five more years, and then that's it. He's going to be a 40-year-old guy sitting on his couch collecting paychecks for shoes. People who are criticizing him for doing this, I don't think they quite realize how much $500 million is. Yeah, the last time the Milwaukee Bucks got sold, which was a year and a half ago, the franchise sold for $550 million. So he basically just got an NBA franchise from Nike. This is a good deal for LeBron. He'd be stupid not to take it. It's a great deal. That's it for the Tweet Zone. Remember to tweet at us at the Sports Appeal. When we come back, we're going to talk NFL playoff picture. Hey guys, it's Steve here. I know a lot of you have been wanting to try out DraftKings.com. Now is the perfect chance to do that. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You just play whenever you want, pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. listening to sports appeal i'm steve that guy over there he's matt let's talk about the nfl we're winding down to the end of the nfl season we've only got a couple of weeks left the playoff picture is starting to round into form let's start with the afc we got the patriots they've clinched their division they've clinched first round by at 12 and 2 right now cincinnati Bengals get the second seed at 11 and 3 followed by the denver broncos houston texans kansas city chiefs and pittsburgh steelers now Coming into this week, the Jets had the sixth seed. They won this week and still got bumped down out of the playoffs to the seventh seed. Only the Jets could win and get bumped out of the playoffs. This is ridiculous. Yeah, sounds like the Jets to me. I don't know why you'd be surprised by that. I'm not surprised. It's just disheartening. Jets are playing really well right now. They're 9-5, and five, playing with some great defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing well again after having a few bad weeks in a row. I believe it's Fitzmagic. <laughs> no, it's Fitz Magic. Johnny's on the spot with that. Hey, Johnny on the spot. Hey. <laughs> so here's the thing with the Jets. They're nine and five. Yes, they have nine victories. Do you know how many victories they have against teams with a winning record? I'm guessing zero. Zero. None. Nine wins against bad teams. So even if they did make the playoffs, they would probably lose in the first round because they cannot beat good teams. That sucks, but I still want to make the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, they just can't score well enough, especially against the better teams in the NFL. They probably would be an easy bounce in the playoffs, but still no one wants to go up against that defense. Very true, and the offense, when it's clicking, it's clicking. They can score, too. A team who's had trouble scoring, the Denver Broncos. Ever since Brock Osweiler took over, they lead the NFL in three and outs. They just can't get it going with this kid. I mean, he looks better out there than Peyton Manning, but they cannot score. Yeah, they still keep winning a bunch. I mean, they beat the Patriots, but it does look disheartening watching him out there. Now, I'm standing by my earlier statement that they should have been playing him all along this season, at least to start with, and let Peyton Manning get completely healthy, let him rest those old bones for the playoffs. And it looks like that's what they're being forced to do. Now, hopefully Peyton can actually come in and be healthy. I'm not sure what his injury status is going to be in a couple weeks when the playoffs start, though. I'm getting tired of the injury excuses with Peyton Manning. Last year, at the end of the season, he faded big time. They're Oh, he was playing with a thigh contusion or whatever it was. This year, he starts out really poorly. He's like, oh, yeah, I got, it. I hurt my foot, plantar fascia. And now they're saying that he has had this injury all season going back. So that's an explanation for his poor play before. This guy's been bad 
for a year now, and they just keep making injury excuses, and it's starting to get to the point where I don't believe it anymore. Well, he's an elderly man. They have injuries. <laughs> Sign him up for hip replacement surgery sometime in the offseason. Let's move to the NFC. Carolina Panthers got a huge last-second win over the Giants to go to 14-0. and They had a big lead in that game. The Giants came storming back, but Carolina came out on top. Two-seed Arizona Cardinals, followed by the Green Bay Packers, Washington Redskins, Seattle Seahawks, and Minnesota Vikings. Seattle has been on fire. On fire. They really have been incredible. In fact, Russell Wilson was getting called out by his teammates, I think Marshawn Lynch in particular, for just not playing well enough. And ever since that happened, he's been incredible. In his last five games, he's passed for almost 75% completion percentage. Over 1,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, no interceptions for a passer rating of 143.6, along with 147 rushing yards in those last five games. That goes down as the best month in NFL history for a quarterback. One of the big beneficiaries of that has been Doug Baldwin. I don't think he's turning into Chris Carter all of a sudden. All he does is catch touchdowns. He has like nine touchdowns in the last four weeks. He's absolutely going nuts. Seattle's throwing the ball a lot more with their running back issues. Marshawn Lynch, Thomas Rawls, both out. They're signing Kristen Michael off the scrap heap, so they have to throw the ball more. And this is the best their offense has looked all year. The first half of the season... They looked bad. This team looked bad, and now all of a sudden they look like a Super Bowl team again. It really puts the Russell Wilson doubts to bed here, at least for now, because he has been incredible. All along, people were saying that he couldn't win without the running back help. Well, now he doesn't have the running back help, and all he's doing is winning. And let's look at the Minnesota Vikings. It's kind of the same story there. I mean, they, Adrian Peterson's been great, so not the running back thing. But other than that, you know, they've been playing great defense. They have been playing adequate offense, and they've been winning games. They won huge against the Bears this week, and it was kind of a statement. Like, maybe it's time to start paying attention to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was fantastic today. He was. There were a lot of broken-ass plays, Bears in the backfield, threatening to mess things up, and every fucking time that <laughs> asshole would get a little dump-off pass, and then they'd take it for 40 yards. Just playing great clutch football. He was really good. And he had to because Adrian Peterson got hurt in this game sprained his ankle. They're not sure if he's going to play next week or not, but he had to step up because who else is going to carry the load? Matt Asiata? Asiata? I don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> Friends of the show, remember, we made some Super Bowl predictions before the season started. Your pick was the Green Bay Packers, and my pick was the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, how do you feel about your pick right now? Uh, I don't feel great about the Packers at this point. I mean, yeah, they keep winning. They're 10-4. and four. But they're kind of limping to wins. It's, they're not really convincing. They don't look like the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. They lost at home to the now 5-9 and nine Bears on fucking Brett Favre night with Bart Starr also in the crowd. Like That is <laughs> pathetic. I don't care what else happens this season. The Bears won that game, and it fucked over the Packers. So that was great. The thing with Green Bay is Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Without Jordy Nelson playing... They just don't look like the same team because they don't have that take-the-top-off-a-defense of speed guy anymore. And Devontae Adams, who everybody was expecting to play a huge role in the offense this year. Including us. Yeah, he has been bad. He's really good at getting open. He does a lot of things well, except for, oh, what's that thing? Catching the ball. Kind of important for a wide receiver. Yeah, I saw someone on Reddit named him Trampoline Hands because they just bounce right off. 
That's perfect. That is exactly what happens. He had one game where he was targeted like 17 times and caught four of them. Yeah, that's not good. And the Packers have had a hard time running the ball, too. James Starks is all right. He's a good, you know, second back. He's not a lead back. Eddie Lacy looks out of shape. Everyone's calling him Fat Eddie now because he just looks slow. He doesn't look like a running back. He's never looked like a running back. He's always been fat. It worked before. That's true. In this week's game against the Raiders, they had Randall Cobb playing running back for an entire series. <laughs> they handed the ball off to Randall Cobb on third and one, and he got a first down up the middle. That's how bad this has gotten in Green Bay. It's ridiculous. You cannot win a Super Bowl like this. Yeah, Eddie Lacy's supposed to be your run it right up the middle short yardage uh, when you need to get a yard back, that's your guy, and you're going to what your wide receiver and exposing him to that injury risk. That's crazy. It is crazy. Going to your Super Bowl pick, Arizona Cardinals. They have looked really good. I was down on their defense before the season started. I could not have been more wrong. Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, that defensive line, they are really good. The defense is great, but the bigger story is probably still the offense. Carson Palmer, at age 35, is putting together one of the best seasons of his career. He has been fantastic. His passer rating this season is 107. He's already thrown for over 4,000 yards and 31 touchdowns. The guy's ridiculous. Not only that, Larry Fitzgerald has had a resurgence this year. They moved him to the slot. They still play him on the outside sometimes, but he plays a lot in the slot, and he's really flourished since moving to that position. They figured out a new way to use him effectively. He's a great receiver, always has been, and it's so good to see Larry Fitzgerald back on top of his game. The Cardinals are just crushing people. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk baseball offseason moves and sports madness. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com. Last year, $300 million were won, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. forward into some baseball we haven't talked baseball in a while MLB offseason is in full swing the winter meetings in Nashville just wrapped up been a lot of big moves the last few weeks I don't even need to ask you but I will what's been your favorite signing this offseason obviously gotta be Jason Hayward you already knew that of course the Cubs locked up one of the best young players in baseball to a long-term deal although he does have an opt-out after three years and then again after four but they locked him up to 24 million dollar a year deal and that's a pretty solid deal for a guy who puts up five war a season yeah i mean i totally agree with this it kind of goes along with the zobris thing that i was saying earlier about how they need guys who hit for average to go with the power guys because jason hayward a lot of people think he's a power hitter but he is not he's not a power hitter at all you can count on him for 15 home runs a year but he does get on base he's a great defender although they're moving his position well you know we'll see how that plays out but I think $24 million a year is too much for him. Again, like, Not we, at all. like we said, you have to pay more than he's worth, but I think that's too much money for a guy like him. You love the war stat. That's fine. Good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he has numbers really similar to a lot of guys who are making a lot less money. Yeah, but they're not three-time gold glove winners by the time they're 26. Yeah, the Cubs are changing his defensive position. Like, it, Okay, yeah, his, the difference with him is his defense, and they're moving his position, so you don't really know. You don't think he's going to be oh, just fine in center field? He's played plenty of center field. He was a very good defensive player when he's played in center field. How many gold gloves does he have in center field? Well, he was never oh, a position okay. player in center field. I see what's happening. That doesn't... <laughs> 
He wasn't eligible for any. That doesn't mean he's not a good center fielder. Look, I'm not saying it wasn't a good signing. I'm saying they're taking the best part of his game and they're changing it and they're paying him a shitload of money. There's some risk involved there. There is. There absolutely is. But the chances of this contract going its full life are also very low. He's almost definitely going to opt out either after his third or his fourth season and go make a boatload more money somewhere else because he's going to outplay his contract. My favorite offseason so far has been for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They traded for Shelby Miller. They signed Zach Grinke. Huge upgrades to their rotation. They already have a good young core. They have the best first baseman in the game in Paul Goldschmidt. This is going to be a really good team this year. Boo! Disagree! <laughs> Shelby Miller is mediocre. Zach Greinke was a good signing for them. I like that signing. They probably paid him too much for his age. But Shelby Miller is a number three in a rotation. He is an okay starting pitcher. And they gave up everything for him they gave up way too much they just had the number one overall pick in the draft and they traded him for shelby miller along with another prospect and ender inciarte who's a pretty good player yeah he's okay but their problem was pitching they did not have a good pitching staff this year name one pitcher on the diamondbacks this past year yeah i don't know exactly that's this is what they needed to do nobody can they had guys that you never heard of that's they, why they made the worst everyone's calling this the worst move of the offseason trading for Shelby Miller. So I can't agree with you on them. That is not the best offseason of any team in baseball because they made the worst move. I disagree. David Price is the worst move, if you ask me. Uh, they gave him way too much money, way too many years, way too much control over his contract. It's a horrible contract. Let's ask the listeners, what do you guys think was the best and worst moves of the MLB offseason so far? I'm sure there will be more that just blow us away, but whether it's one of the guys we talked about, whether it's Johnny Cueto, you tell us. What did you like? What did you not like? Send that to us on Twitter, at The Sports Appeal, or go find us on Facebook. Just search Sports Appeal. We'll come right up. Hey, Steve. Hey, Matt. Are you ready for Sports Madness? Yup. Sports Madness. For our first Sports Madness story, it's kind of a sad tale about uh, divorce in professional sports. It's two professional athletes who are married to each other and are now getting a divorce. It's about Brittany Griner and her wife, both WNBA players. They are going through a divorce. They have a set of twins together. The headline on this story is, Griner's divorce not final until she proves she isn't the father of her ex-wife's twins. Now, there's a little more to the story than that. They don't, no one actually thinks she's the biological father. It's just a great headline. Okay, so basically, they had these babies through in vitro, and the basic legal question is whether they can prove Brittany Griner agreed to be the father via this kind of treatment and whether she's going to be liable for child support. So the divorce will be finalized once they figure that out. So it's not as bad as the headline sounds. Our next story takes us back a little bit. We were talking about this on Sports Madness before. Iman Shumpert named his daughter Iman Shumpert Jr. Well, we just got a little bit more to this story. Iman Shumpert's fiance, Tayina Taylor, went into labor way ahead of schedule. It was a big surprise. And so they didn't actually make it to the hospital in time. So Iman Shumpert delivered the baby himself and then tied off the umbilical cord with his headphone cord. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if I would have the presence of mind to do that. It's kind of like, um, you ever been to one of those cattle roping contests where they, the, they catch the cattle and they're like, they're wrapped up real quick with the rope. Who a new state record. <laughs> a new Iman Shumpert. <laughs> That's what that story reminds me of. It's ridiculous. Congratulations to Iman Shumpert and kudos to the new family. 
Our next story comes from the LPGA. There is a female golfer named Brooke Pancake. Her name is spelled exactly as you think it would be spelled. Pancake. She just announced that she renewed her sponsor for one more year. She just finished her first year with this sponsor, and it was so successful, they're going to do it again. The sponsor for Brooke Pancake is Waffle House. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Perfect. perfect. It's a perfect match. You know, you don't see Waffle House sponsoring a whole lot of things. They can barely afford to keep their signs lit at all hours. <laughs> but how could they pass this up? Her name's Pancake. Yep. No, it's it's perfect. Why why would you sponsor anybody else? Yeah, exactly. They don't serve pancakes, but, you know, maybe if they, <laughs> maybe if they put her picture I'm, on the menu, they could have pancakes on there. I'm pretty sure they serve pancakes. <laughs> if you want to call them pancakes, you go right ahead. <laughs> That'll do it for Sports Appeal. The conversation continues right now on Extra Points. Tweet us at the Sports Appeal. We are produced by Johnny Five, powered by Hazard Audio, and playing us out is Greetings from Beyond by Full Service.
biological father. It's just a great headline. I kind of think she is. <laughs> That's staying, not cut. No, you gotta cut that. You gotta cut that. Uh-uh. That's fucked up. That's me. <laughs> it's too good. Hazard Audio.